And my parents were typical communist product. You know, I mean, my father was a great man who drink a lot, dream about communism. Next, next year is gonna be great. You know, my mom, she was a uh, my mom, she was a professional thief. You know, that's the that's the tragedy. I didn't know my mom. She was a kleptomaniac. And um, at age fourteen, my parents, you know, they were they were they loved me so much that they told me to get out of the house because they don't want to feed me anymore. Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, or TPOW as we call it. I am your host, Dustin Service. That is the voice of Mario Beckus. Now, this guy is an absolute beast when it comes to intelligence. And, uh, you know, going back to Croatia, 1972 is when he was born after a crazy childhood in the Croatian War of Independence when he was 18. He witnessed some of the most distressing scenes imaginable and spent uh, over 1,800 consecutive days in combat. I, you know, went to town with this interview and we covered a lot of ground on intelligence and intelligence as it applies to wealth and what things someone who is wealthy needs to protect themselves from. These are the things of fraud. These are the things of ransom. These are real things that I didn't think exist uh, to the extent that Mario gets into. He now runs a successful investigation and information risk company, Insight Intelligence Group, which he founded in 2003. He's over in Australia now, and I can't wait to share this episode with you. Well, Mario, I think just start us off, uh, go back to Croatia, the, you know, give us a, a five minute on where you came from, which led to this passion for protecting people. Most of the people start, you know, uh, in my position with a, a rom- uh, with a reminiscence of the communism. I don't remember. I was born in next Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia was a part, you know, uh, of the communist countries after 1945, but a little bit close, much more close than the, the, the Eastern Bloc, you know, where the Russia dominated, uh, where the Hungary, Poland, Czechoslovakia, Bulgaria, Romania. Yugoslavia was a little island for self. So, you know, they found themselves as a, as a bridge between the East and West. So they, was, they were trading, you know, with everybody, but communism was number one. And my parents were typical communist product. You know, I mean, my father was a great man who drink a lot, dream about communism. Next, next year is going to be great. You know, my mom, she was a, uh, my mom, she was a professional thief. You know, that's the, that's the tragedy. I didn't know my mom, she was a kleptomaniac. And um, at age 14, my parents, you know, they were, they were, they loved me so much that they told me to get out of the house because they want to feed me anymore. And I was thinking they were joking, but they didn't joke. <laughs> so they literally Christmas night at the sixth day. They, Age they, 14. Yeah. They, they told me to, you know, I don't want to sway, but um, I was like, it's like a dreaming, you know I mean? You think it's not real, but it was snowing, you know what I mean? And, you know, I got a suitcase and they kicked me out because they told me we, we don't want you anymore. I was lucky enough in that situation. I think that universe provides you next step. And um, I was lucky enough that my grandfather, um, he was uh, second in charge of communist police in Yugoslavia. And that day he was walking by and uh, he took me on his wing. Uh, I mean, tried to narrow the story, right? And um, he sent me to military school. And I said to him, I can't go to military school. I have no grades. I was typical, you know, mediocre student. Literally, I was more for me. It was more important um, uh, to be with the people who uh, show me some love. That was usually thugs, you know. I mean, and all these guys, all the, <laughs> they love me, you know. I mean, but thugs. a kid can. But literally, you know, I mean, I was um, I was believing that uh, being tough and rough and, and, and stabbing people and stealing from them and you know threatening everybody is better for me. 
But somehow, it's like life gives you something deep inside. And as a kid, I always wanted to be the soldier. But I knew that I can't be because they need an A grade student. And I was a C grade. E-fish. <laughs> something like this. Yeah. So my grandfather sent me to school. And um, it was a special school uh, where you take a, a young pupils and you convert them into the typical communist product. And they become intelligence operatives slash assassins, slash whatever you want. You know I mean, so I was a good material, 15 years old. I had my grandfather, I, I, you know, he believed in me. And I was continuing this. And then 1991, you know, uh, 1880, sorry, 1989, Berlin Wall fell. So the, all these populations and, you know, all these countries from East Germany, Bulgaria, Poland, you know, Romania, everybody wanted freedom from the shackles of the communism. Yugoslavia was not that much. Yugoslavia was funny country because we have a six six republics, uh, different languages, six different religions, six different letters, everything else. But we were called the brothers and sisters. And Croatia wanted to freedom. So on 14th of July, 1991, I was on a school holidays. And uh, one morning, somebody smashed my door. I ran on the door because I was drunk the night before. Of course I was. Um, because my some girl I was in love, she broke my heart, so I was drinking. I mean, of course, I was like, <laughs> like as if I know something better. And the military police on the door they told me to report to army barracks immediately. As I was at my parents' place, I was because I was 18 years old. Uh, that was a, well, where I was staying during the summer holidays because my grandfather told my mom, his daughter, you know, just. Don't you dare. Anyway, my parents left me a message. We are okay. So what started there before, which I didn't know. <laughs> they left me a message yeah. because I was drunk. They're gone. They, they're gone in Germany. They, I didn't even know this. And as I was walking downstairs in, in a coffee shop, I saw the war started. Like, literally started. So I joined to the special forces just newly created for, from Croatian government. And uh, go fight against people uh, who train me to become the soldier. So Yugoslavia was falling apart. Right. Uh, there was no dictionary to, to, de to define what the de democracy is. But for me, democracy was very simple. Coke, McDonald's, you know, rock and roll. That was the definition for me, McDonald's. Uh, sorry, the democracy is. So I uh, stayed in the war for the 1800 consecutive combat days. That was how long I was in combat. And uh, I was in the military total 10 years, you know, so, you know, from... from like special... driving tank or your intelligence? Like no, you no, were no, intelligence I was in special level? forces of Ministry of Interior, so I was combatant, you know, I mean, I was literally behind the lines and uh, with a, we were like a fire brigade, you know, because we start, as was war progressing, you know, I mean, we are rug and, tag, rug and tag force fighting third largest army in Europe, the Yugoslavian Federal Army was the third largest in Europe, 1.8 million people. Plus, there's an element of some nationalism and, and patriotism. So like, it was, it was very combustible, you know what I mean? But sometimes in November 91, after four months, five months of war, I had enough because we were losing war, right? You know I mean, one third of the country was taken away. Um, the, the casualty was was tremendous, you know I mean? There was shelling continuously on the cities and uh, uh, was continuously like, like Ukraine right now, but in Croatia was a more... Uh, Urban warfare because it's a smaller country. I mean, we have those big distances, so it's it was just it was just horrific. As soon as the winter coming, I mean, we had no 
meta uniforms, you have a summer uniform, so you're fighting an enemy who's has every every equipment, you know, I mean every piece of <laughs> clothing and we were just I mean it was it was a terrible like you know I mean so um yeah after after five years uh continuous fighting um and a few times I was wounded and broke so many times my bones and everything else I end up in um on special forces to the military security intelligence services at the end <laughs> that's how I end um, and I had enough in 1998. I said, just have enough. I just, just want to resign. You know, I want to marry you. I mean, I want to, I want to lose virginity, man. I'm seriously like, I'm just a young, you know, like 25, 26 years old. I'm still, you know, like doing same things over and over again. Um, but I love the, you, I love the, you know, had the pride and, you know, I'm very, very fortunate enough that my government spent so much money to train me, you know, be sending me schools overseas and learning, you know, from police academy, intelligence academy. Uh, the interrogation uh, courses, inter- investigation courses, and and the war is a very dangerous time because it's war. It's not you fighting enemy you see, you fighting enemy you don't see. That's a crime, organized crime. You know, Croatia was a full of the so-called new generation of the of the mafia. Uh, so uh, organized crime, you know, in trucks with big chains. You know, I mean, it's like who is these guys? You know, I mean, they're driving brand new cars. You know, I mean, and that. I realized they're stealing from the military, you know, everything, and somebody's stealing from military, giving those guys, they're reselling their weapons, you know, the car bombs, suddenly you sit in a coffee shop, you just see the car, <laughs> So I said to myself, I need to do something. And um, in 97, I was approached uh, in a restaurant. Uh, one restaurant, I was sitting with my friend for the coffee. We have a in Croatia, those like, and um, comes this beautiful lady on a door. I never saw such a beautiful woman till that moment. I fall in love as well, of course. And uh, four men in the black, you know. And I saw these dark BMWs with the capital city radios. I said, like, who, who's these people? Like, and uh, she comes to me and she says, Mario, I say yes. She says, later, and um, we'd like to see you on Monday morning, 7 o'clock in capital city. And at that stage, I realized that somebody actually had hunting me. But how is that even possible? I'm working in a military security intelligence services. They should not. They shouldn't know. Fast forward. I was recruited to the Directorate Seven, Department of Foreign Affairs, Counterintelligence Security Services. And uh, two years later, I was on the plane to Australia. And voila, that's it. Quick story. Quick update. <laughs> So give, give listen, I, I, and I, I said it in the intro, but I, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it in the show notes. But what is actually your duty right now? What, what are you helping people, companies, countries do right now? As, as I mentioned before, there is no person who didn't experience that somebody took advantage of them, and I can understand people who do this. So I created a business in uh, 2010. Uh, uh, you know, GFC was happening. So I started my business company, Inside Intelligence Group, to provide investigative services. And I started as a private investigator, but I excelled very quickly. Uh, my services in combating financial crime, fraud, criminal activity, and everything relating to somebody taking advantage of the corporations, either internally or externally. And 
most of maybe viewers of yours or this beautiful podcast for which I'm very grateful I'm here the biggest enemy is internal fraud it's internal yeah. theft yes so you know when you see the retailers retailers uh, have the four elements uh, of the losses so yes Austin yeah inter- I think you said internal that's correct theft. Internal. is that what you said the biggest the biggest threat is the internal theft that's correct so when you have the retailers they have not biggest theft from from the customers because if they have everything what they have inside will go to the door so the biggest uh, what's it called the shrinkage for the every corporation comes internally then comes the transport then comes the external and then the damaged goods and you know the everything else so that's the process so you have the internally a lot of problems so I tried to educate corporations at first and then they told me but we will know so I said like it's not what you know it's how you know and I started educating them in how to collect information so that one of my first books was a um, what's it called um, workplace investigations I teach them what information it is how to capture information how to value information even before they start conducting information uh, investigations so the my business core business it is investigations and interrogations and we expanded this from Australia and I was fortunate enough that I was uh, I hired a very smart people in my business who are not just the hungry, they're starving to prove themselves. Because I always say to the business, you know, they have expression, you need to be, you need to starve. No, no, no. You, you, sorry, be hungry. You need to starve for the, for the business, you know what I mean? Because if you have the clients there, and clients know that you're going to be there for them, you know, help them, that's the, that's the most valuable thing. And as I say, my business is created around the three pillars, uh, fear, fight, and freedom. Fear of someone taking advantage or stealing from you. Fight. We're fighting with two investigation processes and interrogation, collecting evidence, preparing for the court, police. And then you have your freedom. You can do your business. We do everything in the in, in, in shadows. You don't need to worry about. So you don't need to come in confrontation with the employees, with anybody. We do everything for our clients. So inside that, just go provide corporate investigative uh, solutions. That's what we're doing right now. So in in uh, in wealth and when you know I think of our clients or listener who is trying to better their you know we call a picture of wealth or which doesn't just mean more money but it means you're interacting with people often you're buying financial products maybe from people what do you notice as you know when you're in interrogation or interrogating people you know when when you buy something Mario <laughs> When the car salesman or the boat salesman or someone's trying to sell you something, what are two or three key things that you look for as like, is this person bullshitting me or are they telling the truth? It's only one thing. I always say to people, narrow and to simplicity. The most valuable commodity in any business, any Dustin, it's information. And Information, I, I don't want to come across now lecturing people. I just want to make it very in simplified form. Um, information has a source and information has validity. Doesn't matter. You know, we're all doing decision making in process of buying something, acquiring something, you know, uh, making investment or something. So I always say to my clients, 
What information do you have about somebody or something or product or service that makes your business or your decision making much more easier? And then Deborah says like, you know, because of course, you know, you don't tell the client what to do. I never say my clients what to do. I give the options supported by the facts and, and evidence. That's what it is. So the most valuable commodity is information. So like I always say to the client, do you know this because somebody says somewhere? Did you read or somebody approached you? Or you can apply the methods of human intelligence and accept information from somebody. So for the best decision-making, I always say to people, know your source information and how to validate the information. That's how the corporation do. Because after all, what people don't see it when I'm presenting, I come in front of the, uh, or front of the board and I'm presenting case. And I say, this is information I have about company, about uh, person or product or services. They know something from before. I said, this is my presentation. You can validate for what you have. Because I always say to people, do not go on the internet and just Google. Right, let's go to Dustin and Mario, what they did, okay, they talk about. But who is the Dustin? Not what the internet says, but find out what, who Dustin really it is. His behavior, you know, through surveillance, his uh, modus operandi, how he goes, how he, where he lives, you know, like, the list goes on. So always try to find out at the information of a person or products and services what is not publicly available. That's a starting point. So you need to apply the uh, legal methods to find out those information. And quite often people are being uh, blindsided. Uh, there is a internet is a full of people who know how to present very well uh, in corporations and then um, as we know now with the crypto right you know, I mean have the many many people and it's like it's the same modus operandi with the crypto people approaching you know, whatsapp and people and I don't understand how they have the number but okay and I say like they suddenly invest hundred thousand dollars and then this person is somewhere in the clouds you can't reach them but there's no money and I said like isn't too good to be true so you know, you need to be careful as to how we present because you don't come across to your client and say, like, I told you, this is the facts and this is solution as well. So, information. Do your spider senses, being a person of this sort of nature, sense the crypto industry is, uh, it is a legitimate thing? Or I shouldn't say it's a legitimate, it is a thing. Yeah. It is reality because it's, it's happening. But it is for the future? Mm -hmm. Or do you think it's, you know, maybe a little bit in vogue and tied to social media now. Look, I will, I will be. Uh, it, it, uh, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, right? But it's. I like the idea of cryptocurrency, but it's so non-regulated space. Uh, most of my clients have never been look, have never been going to like. If I can't go into the the bank, right? Okay, now in, in Australia we're seeing a lot of online business because you know banking and everything else, but. You still have the branches. You can go in the branches. So, like, listen, my car doesn't work, you know, something. So, I have some type of validation of my, my, my actions. But if I'm being approached, and I say, like, I've been approached with many of my potential uh, clients, which I, I say I can't do nothing because only I have it's a phone number. Uh, okay, I'll give you an example. I have the, I have the uh, client currently right now, and it's kept in Australia. She invested almost 150,000 US dollars. She's in Australia. I don't know why, but they asked for US dollars. Guy approached on, a, on a, one of the I think, Telegram groups. He found her. And um, 
he's a ex, uh, you know, sniper, special forces. Like, oh my God, <laughs> you never spoke, you never talk about these things. Like, I can say things you can see on my LinkedIn. You know, I was in military, I was in diplomacy. It's a title's dead, my ranks, but you know, my 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 work is nobody doesn't need to know, right? That's right. Anyway, so long story short, she invested a lot of money and the guy just disappeared like a Houdini, like poof, it's gone. <laughs> nobody can find yeah. him. Just about pure luck, pure luck. I was on a, one of the forums on the internet uh, with uh, some of my peers exchanging information and they said, this is the guy. And I saw the pattern, right? And leads in here in Australia. Eventually, eventually we pinpoint him and um, he's nothing. He's, he's, he lied everything to the teeth. He has a good lifestyle and he needs to pay the consequences, not by me, but the law enforcement and judicial system. He will. But that's a one case in like, I don't know, 100,000. So good idea. I said to people to be very, very careful. And, um, you know, when you talk about investing money, Dustin, you you know this as well. It's a hard-earned money of everybody. And the last thing I like to, I don't like to see that anybody goes through the process of being hurt and losing their savings. Or you have online scams as well. You know, Nigerians, the beautiful guys, you know, they they know how to do these things. I have the guys who come to me and say, she's the best on the planet. And it turns out that this is not a woman you're talking for six months and sending money. It's, it's a guy. You know? like, <laughs> because they're good, you know, because they're good. And that's like, you need to find out the character of the person, the background of the company, background of the investors. So before you do decision-making, you need to do some historical uh, uh, data run, you know, for them. They need to find out who is the current connections and anything else. That's all you're doing. Their finances and anything else. And then as well, you need to do some type of a smaller trading. And, uh, you know, I said to my clients, and then you're going to see what decision-making is. Don't don't rush ever, particularly now when the inflation actually is hitting all of us. So, in nutshell, information. I'm sorry. I apologize, Dustin. It was too long. I wake up. No, it's... It's 6.30 in the morning, and now I'm full of energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we warmed you up. We yes. warmed you up. Yeah. I think... It's uh, it's a fascinating space. Uh, is there a is there a trend right now of or something where you're seeing uh, financial you know, related dupings or you know people getting duped by something that's current? I'm thinking, listener, you know, you're 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 looking at your risk management in your own sort of net worth picture. Is there anything, Mario, that you see is is starting to creep up? You know, obviously the the crypto thing is one thing. You know, straight up scams. But is there anything that's you know, oh, well, there's, uh, or I, I don't know, I, I don't want to take the words out of your mouth, but is there any trend right now where it's a common fraud thing that's yes, happening? Yeah, listen, thank you for asking. That's a good question. And um, I like to know that, I like to say to your listeners, um, this guy here, your, your host, Dustin, he's a truly, he's a truly magician. I mean, like, guys, this is a great podcast because we're talking about current. Now, our biggest friend and enemy is this, right? This thing. Right? So this, this is... Um, Your phone. Uh, yeah. I'm getting daily, I will say like five to ten SMSs who are equally good. I mean, damn good. First starts, you know, with those one, hi, dad or mom. You know, I lost my phone. Click on this link and this is my friend's phone. Okay, I have a son. I So I know. <laughs> Yeah, I know he's. A, I'm the last person who's gonna call. He's gonna call his mother first, right? So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the second is they, uh, they're doing taxation office, uh, the, you know, in Australia last year and this year we have the, um, one of the largest telco companies and the medical companies being, financial companies being hacked. I mean, it's not the problem because, as I said, the problem starts from inside. You know, it never starts from outside. It's not somebody sitting in China or Russia. It's like, okay, let's go hack the Mario and Dustin. Right. What the COVID created? COVID created something, something. It's a perfect storm. So how the fraudsters work, actually, that's what people understand. Fraud is an art of deception. It's an art of imagination. Because of what fraudsters do have, they have imagination. They see that final goal. That, you know, how am I going to rob Dustin and Mari from their podcast? Uh-huh. And they don't know many legislation. They know something a uh, little bit. But what they know, they, they are great students they go on linkedin on the media they, they know the, the the you know uh, who is who so you have this mass approach like i would say second world war carpet bombing you know million sms's everybody gets the messages and people clink you know so you have the generations of the people who are in the 60s and 70s who have the phone to comment with the grandkids and they click that link once when they click the link it's a call that called the key goes 22 uh, that's an old software which takes uh, your uh, everything what you uh, type in. I mean, records the the the, the was helping the keyboards. You know, I mean, so like all, everything from your phone is seen somewhere else on software before you start typing. So they get the message, you type, they see what you type. So they see that your PIN number, they see the login numbers, and anything else. So it's it's recording every stroke, and uh, that's a problem. This is this is the trend that this because no government can protect against this. It can't because they're using loopholes and the process are very good in a masking in like in emails. Did you got email in Canada? It looks like exactly like let's say for me, but he said, but this is nobody of email addresses. Something that's at the end is funny, but people don't see this. Yeah, and then they click on link. All your life is gone. Oh, crypto world. You know, they, they, they freeze you, everything, they're blackmailing people. Blackmailing, it's a lot. Now, the, you know, there's a new one by the porn, which my son gets. He said, Daddy, they say I'm on online on porn. I say, I've never done this. like, Mike, don't worry. <laughs> what you worry about if they say? He said, but they say the yeah. pictures of me. I said, but do they? He said, no. I said, well, then don't worry, Mike. You know I mean? But there's a lot of stealing online, and I think that online fraud is going to increase. And as I say, the force is becoming very, very imaginative. And that's what I mean. It's like um, asymmetric warfare. They're using minimum uh, investment, getting the email, because they copy major email, they do some small investment, they put the hyperlinks, and people clink. So it's asymmetric warfare. While the corporations spend a tremendous amount of money of the protecting the data and everything else, when the biggest problem, biggest problem what they created in COVID during the lockdowns is a war from home. They were hiring people um, you know, I mean, without proper background checks, and uh, after all, they're not running in current situations and running some tests like a war room. Let's go test the possibilities. How, what would be, uh, when would be? So, it's, you know, you have for some terminology, uh, you heard as a post mortem, you know, when somebody dies, something happened in intelligence world. What we did in when I was working in military intelligence and the diplomatic intelligence called the pre-mortem analysis when you take a three worst case scenarios you run by them you created that war room 
it's all theoretically right and then you come to solutions when you come to solutions like no i want it even worse than this so you coming you know what i mean from worse to lower and you have a response so yeah sorry guys i'm sorry i'm talking too much this is dustin dustin fault because i wake up so <laughs> no it's it's uh you're bang on though and we've all done those and it should be you know very trivial uh thing so I guess, you know, in, in my head, I'm, I'm bringing it back to what happens if someone has something or they, you know, do click a link or, you know, what are those steps? What are those steps that someone takes? Is that hiring you, looking you up or, mm-hmm. or a company like you or how does that work? Well, the, most of the times we are retro, retro, retroactive service, you know, as you know, like a police, you know, people come to us when something happened. And, um, you know, this is not like a, you and I played, uh, I don't know, um, the soccer or basketball. So we injure ourselves and put the ice on our knee, on our elbow, or, you know, a little bit cry me because the ball hit me in my face. Um, there's no remedies. There's no certainty. There's no, nobody can promise. I, I never promise my client nothing. I, I just always say, I will do everything, what I know, how I know, by using all legal means on my disposal to come to the end to this one and you prosecute them <clears throat> via Department of Public Prosecutor or police or something like this. I will say um, when we do it for insurances, the claims, workers' compensations, you know, these things like uh, theft of the cars or something, 99.9% very successful in concluding investigation. When it comes to the private ones, so corporation losing the millions, um, I'll just give you an example. Um, just before the COVID, I was running some simulations and I proved a very large corporation um, that their problem is not um, problem in internet, problem was the person. Because if we come back uh, at the beginning, I said, I told you information is the most valuable commodity. Uh, there was an executive on a plane who was uh, working on a plane and um, you know, you know, when people come on, on a plane, they open the laptops and, you know, typing and everybody's important and everybody must finish something great, you know, discovering the cure for cancer. It's, it doesn't make a sense, right? But now think on a long flight like Sydney, Dubai, or maybe Sydney to Vancouver. It's like a 17 hours, 40 to 17 hours. Do you really want to, do you need to type something on a, on a, on a plane? Man, I just want to, you know, pills for sleeping and wake me up when I come, you know? Yeah. So what the executive was did? First of all, he engaged conversation with the person from our from our team, uh, female executive, so called, um, and that's called social engineering, creating the the, the perfect scenario and uh, putting the based on the knowledge and information she had created target profile. He was target profile. She was working in my company. She's a very very intelligent person, has investigative skills. Plus, she's very very seductive. So he started talking to her. He didn't stop this doing on a plane. He opened, he explained everything else, right? So like person was behind him recording everything on a video. And we demonstrated that this was happened to corporations that they, they were shocked. I said like, most of your problems happen on airport. The moment the doors of the cab is closed, this is where the problem starts. And your information uh-huh. is leaking, leakage always is on a plane. And once when you're on a plane using that magical Wi-Fi who belongs to nobody, <laughs> just goes, just goes. So on a plane, and uh, that was, uh, as when you asked me, 
you know, when the people come to us, they say like, this is just some one case, but how many cases come unnoticed? Because we always believe in prevention, and prevention is what I try to always come to plan and say, this is how you're going to prevent yourself. This is how you're going to train your staff. This is, once we do that investigation, there's no, there's no, there's no certainty we're going to bring the person to the, to the justice. Right. Well, Maria, I, uh, this has been super fascinating. Do you have one sort of final, if you're putting yourself in, uh, in person of wealth seat, uh, or a person who's, you know, accumulating wealth, the, the one sort of final thing that, that you would tell them for sort of overall mindset, not specific to, you know, certain specific frauds, but like how to be caution, you know, uh, acceptably skeptical, but not so skeptical that you are a negative type person. You don't need to do that. Just social media is the best example. You know, we have all kids and we all have the families and members and anything else. Don't show, don't share with public things. Uh, I posted on my, on my YouTube channel if I might say, you know, I've done the 10 biggest meets, meet busters about reaching uh, famous online. And... Um, don't show online how much money you have. Don't show what, where you live. Don't show your car. Don't show your business. Don't talk about these things because there's a lot of uh, people sitting behind the desk and it's like, oh, oh, And that's why we can go talk to forever. But don't give on silver platter information about your well, well, well-being, about your wealth, about your family, about your business freely. Let them sweat. More they sweat, the less opportunities are going to come to you. Well, thanks, Mario. That is uh, that is valuable insight. And as a as a closing note, you just uh, broke the World Guinness Book of record for longest streaming podcast. That's correct. Yes, that's correct. Which, which is very unique. And so, give give like what is that? Uh, look, what is it? What were you doing? <laughs> look, I didn't know what I was doing, but you know, I wanted you know. Um, in terms, I wanted to create a legacy, and like yourself, and we all have the some desires in life, and we wanted to do something, something more. Maya was very simple. I want to show the people, demonstrate that impossible, it's possible. And um, through my uh, dedication, that I can reach that 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 goal of fifty six hours. Sorry, I'm lying. The old record was fifty three hours one minute, and uh, my it's fifty five hours and twenty six minutes. That is possible. And, you know, if you have a dream, whatever you do in your life, just chase that dream. That's what it is. That's, that's what I try to demonstrate. And after all, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good feeling, but, you know, it's a lot to now to catch up with the sleep because, you know, being old, the senior citizen, 50 years old, it doesn't work. The body doesn't work anymore <laughs> like before. So, yeah, thank you for asking that thing. Impossible, it's possible. That's said to people. I love that. That's a great finish. Uh, Mario, where can people find uh, information on you or use your services or learn more about your company? Um, just come on the picture of wealth and with Dustin. Uh, and uh, <laughs> listen to this. Seriously, guys, I'm going to make a show everybody knows for your podcast. So just type mariobeckes.com.au, uh, Mario, M-A-R-I-O, Beckes, B-E-K-E-S.com.au, and uh, my website is there, which... Uh, take a snapshot of everything that I do and people can contact me there don't be afraid of my big head on, on the front page they told me it's good to have my picture but I'm taking like a 75% of the screen so like, <laughs> like this so that's it. 
Mario Becker's dot com. Mario, thank you. Uh, thanks a lot. And thank you for getting up early. Listener, I know that you thank appreciate you. it. And we all appreciate it from T-Pow and the picture. Thank you well. so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please like and rate the show, share with a friend, or use your new knowledge in your next conversation. If during the show something gave you a pang of inspiration, motivation, or sense of uncertainty, act on it now. Get the clarity you're looking for. Find the permission you seek. Go to servicewealth.com to discover how others are learning how to take Fridays off, or buying a recreation property, or spending more money. If you're an organizer of an event where you believe my philosophy on finance and lifestyle design would be applicable, Go to servicewealth.com and book me as a speaker at your next event. If you want a copy of our new book coming out soon, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and we will be sure to get you a first copy.